Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. I'm Commander Shepard, and Tales from the Tavern is my favorite stream on Twitch. Everybody, we are back with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. I have a fantastic crew here with me today. I'm very excited. A whole group of returning guests. And um, that's always fun because it's always nice to hear what everybody's been up to since the last time they came. Um, so we're going to start right in with going around and having everybody introduce themselves and tell us a little about who you are and what you've been up to and uh, where people can find you on social media and all that good stuff. And then... Uh, We'll go over some introductions and, and things like that. I mean, some uh, announcements and things like that. So, Robbie, we're going to start with you. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Robbie Weiss. Uh, I am, at this point, just a friend of the community at this point. But um, uh, I I have a podcast uh, called The Dungeon Initiative. We aren't really recording anymore but it's still up and around so you're welcome to go out there and check it out but uh i've just been up to playing games and life and stuff it's shenanigans <laughs> Shen oh, mm. the canary so many shenanigans and you build a lot of like props and stuff right i haven't in a while but that's mostly because of my living situation uh -huh. changing. but yes i do yes Yes, I. Uh, th there's there's one here that you can't really <laughs> see. Maybe I'll grab some more uh, after the break. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming back and hanging out. It's always good to I see you. I am glad to be back. It's been way too long since I've been able to talk nerdy stuff with a bunch of other nerds. I know. I'm excited. Um, Ray, tell us a little about you. It's me, Ray, Ray. You, Ray. Yes. Okay, cool. Hi, I'm Ray. Yeah, I know it's spelled wrong, but that's how you say it. So that is my name. Um, I'm Ray. I am also uh, just uh, generally a shenanigans maker, um, mostly on Discord. You can find me in a lot of different Discords making a lot of trouble, um, usually with princess attached to my name somewhere. Um, I, uh, I'm a... Um, uh, a moderator for the um, Dice Populi Discord, and um, I am also just generally in a lot of other places, but uh, I'm also going to be starting um, a, well, I'm going to be in a group that's going to be starting to stream a Shadowrun game in a couple of weeks on um, 
uh, full round action gaming on Twitch, so you can check us out on Monday nights. Um, I haven't played Shadowrun before, so this is going to be really fun, because I, ne I never seem to play a role-playing game uh, that I've played before. I always get to just start in fresh and brand new, but I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great, and uh, I'm really excited to be here, too, because I, too, just like to talk with my fellow nerds. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be excited to hear how that goes, because I also have never played Shadowrun, so yeah. And I jump into a lot of like one shots of systems that I know nothing about. I literally do that to myself all the time. So this I, is this is definitely going to be a different experience. I've been like watching YouTube channels uh, because this is just a totally different gaming system. But the math is so much simpler. Yeah. Simple yeah. math. Yay, simple math. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome. Well, welcome back. It's a pleasure to see you. Um, Julian. Yes. Hi, I am Julian. I am the host of Bard and Happiness Sorcerer of Friday Superhero Cast. I'm also the creator of Mission Quest, the uh, exercise infused TTRBG. And I'm so excited to talk about things that are nerdy and TTRBG based because that's my favorite hobby. Yay! And I just uh, was lucky enough to be a guest on Julian's stream uh, slash podcast. So yeah, that was fun. We talked nerdy for like two hours. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, thank you for coming back on and hanging out. It's always nice to see you. Yay! Uh, Ray. Hi. Hello. I'm Ray with a Y. Um, <laughs> That's going to have to be the, the defining yeah, feature hurt. at this point. It's gonna... <laughs> um, yeah, I do stuff in the TTRPG sphere. I'm a professional GM and content creator. Um, I, You'll probably see me uh, either behind the scenes or on screen with Friends of Roll Dice, a group that I co-founded with a bunch of awesome people where we raise a whole bunch of money for charity and play some cool games. Yeah, awesome. It's always great to see you. It's been a long time since I've gotten to chat with you, so I'm happy to have you back on again. I'm really bad at both, like, social media and just generally remembering <laughs> to communicate. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like a, a baby in the sense that, like, as soon as something <laughs> leaves my general vision, it's gone. Yeah. And I don't, I can't, no, no, no understanding of space. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, well, welcome back. And um, Staghorn, a pleasure to see you. Uh, a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure uh, to be here. My name is Staghorn. Uh, I also go by uh, David Hallman. I am the Fungin Master for Good Better Quest. Uh, it is an actual play D&D uh, 5e podcast. It's real fun. I like it. Um <laughs> You know, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And then uh, I also uh, stream uh, here on Twitch at just stag underscore horn, I believe. Uh, come, you know, come watch me paint some minis. Yay. Uh, chat's already saying what? No plate armor tonight? I After the break, I absolutely can. I <laughs> forgot that was a thing I did. No, you've called my bluff. You've you've called it now. It's true. One of my moderators <laughs> called called you out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yellow gloves ready if we need them. Oh, good, I, good. <laughs> okay, I I do want to take a small moment and say Peachy Keen is my wife. 
<laughs> scrolling me in here. <laughs> yeah, where's the gauntlet? Where How the dare you? <laughs> Called out. Oh my gosh. Called out. <laughs> oh, no. wow chat is like starting right off oh my goodness oh i love it all right well if you are joining us for the very first time let me tell you a little about how this stream works so basically um Basically, the way that this works is we take all of our questions from chat. So if you would like to ask a question of our panel, awesome. Just go ahead and drop that right in the chat. We have moderators that will make sure that the questions all get fed to us so that we can uh, have some conversation around whatever it is that you have asked us. And uh, if you've been around for a little while and you've got some channel points racked up, feel free to look in the channel point section for the Ask My Question Next feature. That will bump your question up to the next one in the queue so if you uh are concerned about maybe you have to duck out before the break or something like that and you want to make sure that we have time to answer your question you can go ahead and use that and that will um, bump your question up to the very next one that we talk about so uh so that's available to you as well um also, my cat would very much like to remind you that there is a treats for kitties option in the channel points as well just saying That's awesome so <laughs> she's already come up on the bed looking for them twice and um, on um no from the bed to my desk looking for them twice and so oh there you go molly come here don't she just jumped off the desk she was looking very disappointed a second ago i was um, not aware that was an option that i is an option. immediately oh, she the bag here she comes here she comes all right come on here you go no yeah come on come say hi so everybody can see you She's like right underneath my microphone, but she's uh -huh. like, you'll see her in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll see her in a second. Okay, so let's uh, let's dive right in. Um, we don't have any questions from chat yet, so I am going to start the ball rolling with uh, my favorite thing to ask people when they come on this on this show, and that is when you are playing at a physical table with actual dice. Do your dice have to match? Yes. Until they fail me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I pick out one matching set, and then I have backups for each individual die that I need for that day in case that one fails. They don't have to. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice when they do. Like, I, I actually have a thing right here. Like, I have one matching set nearby at all times but the first set of dice that i actually had that was just mine um was just all hodgepodge just random stuff that i got actually at a game store in the uh texas renaissance fair oh wow um, yeah so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that like it depends on what you mean by matching because like most of my dice I've gotten from cities. When I've visited cities, I've tried to find a game store or they've been gifts. But my first set of dice that I got was actually from like a big, like this game store in New York City and they're all different. I like picked them all out of a tray. Oh. And so like, they're the same set. So it's intentional they random. They don't look the same. But Technically. Also, <laughs> also, depending on what game I'm playing, like I, I always have more of certain kinds of dice. So if I'm like, let's say I'm playing D and D, I have like three D twenties, 
because I'm going to need 3D20s, right? Because eventually one of them is going to stop working really well and I'm going to need a second one. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. See, I'm the person who all of my dice have to match, and if my d20 misbehaves, the whole set gets taken out and a whole oh. new string comes in. <laughs> oh, I'm the opposite. Embrace chaos. Oh, have no. just the whole, have the whole thing. Just whatever, whatever dice calls to you at that moment, grab it. Doesn't matter what the color is, and it annoys my players to hell. I love it. <laughs> Even. I, that's just fuel for the fire. Fuel for the fire. <laughs> I think my dice all right now are living in a box, like just all mixed together. Oh my god! Like Legos, and it like separated. hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> all of my mm-hmm. dice. Uh, uh, people who watch the stream regularly know that all of my dice are not only separated out um, by the the set. But none of the sets are together in the same, like, Vessel. anything. Like, nothing. Not a single one of them. <laughs> hmm. I have Earth. one, two, three, four, five, six full sets immediately in front of me on my desk. And they are all in separate, like, either boxes or bags or some type of dice holder. And then I've yeah, got like minor. another three sets in one drawer and like four more back here. And they're all in their own container. <laughs> yeah, mine are more or less in the same boat. But I, I'm, I'm one of those people that like I prefer that they match to start with. And then I will I will almost only sub out my D20. I mean, granted, that's the one Fair. I use most often. Because that's, but, yeah. But... Like, if I have a whole set and I'm like, ooh, I just got this new D20 that I really, really want to use, I'll use, like, my favorite set minus the D20 plus the new D20. I had a D20 that somebody gave me for Christmas. Like, the first group of people that I played uh, Dungeons & Dragons with, um, one of the players gave us for Christmas. And the the, uh, the 20 says, yeah, and the 0 says, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the ones I use at my computer, I actually got from uh, David Tilstra. Oh, cool! Uh, so he's they're the ones that uh, are a matching set, and they're the ones I always start off with because um, <laughs> they matched. <laughs> I got a set from David Tilstra too, except for that I won them from a giveaway on on their uh, channel, and um, they're a regular set. But then there's also a chunky D twenty. Chonky. Yep. So, you got to have a chonky one. It's the only chonk D twenty I have, and I love it. It's very. I don't cool. have it. I don't have a set from David Tilster, but I made him a set. Does that oh. count? Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would just like to point out to chat that the line of dots was Molly saying hi because she was sitting on my keyboard. So. <laughs> There you go. Fantastic. Um, All right. We got a couple of questions that came in from chat. So the first one comes from Jason. And Jason would like to know, what is the first adventure module you played or GM'd? Uh, First one I played was Tyranny of Dragons. Um, It was was great. It was... Just so great. It was my brother-in-law DMing it, and it was amazing. He is the best DM I've ever played with. Aww. And 
I will never be a student. <laughs> I have only ever actually DM'd one sort of, it's kind of a, a an adventure module, sort of. Um, we So at a local game store in Kalamazoo, there, they had this, oh, what did they call it? I wish I, I wish I could remember the name because I think you can buy them. But there, it's a tabletop, this was a physical tabletop map that as you progress through the adventure, you rolled it a little bit and it was like this scroll that just kept going and i can't i can't remember the name of it i'll have to find it if i can um mm. but that's the only adventure that i've ever dm'd that was like written or anything i've never even played a module and i own like a ton of them <laughs> I, I've never played a module. Um, the first adventure I ever played was a homebrew D&D 5e thing, campaign. Um, and the first thing I DM'd was a game of Dread. Oh, yep. And then it's been a mismatch ever since. My first, like, ten years of playing TTRPGs were all homebrew, so... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never I didn't play an adventure path up until um I played the Pathfinder first edition Rise of the Rune Lords starting in twenty nineteen. So yeah. nice. I had to Google the name of my first one because I couldn't remember <laughs> well, I couldn't idea. remember what it was called. Um it's older than I am, so uh, it is Crystal Spheres, the 1990 um, uh, adventure module supplement that came out for Spelljammer. Um, that is the first thing that I ever DM'd. Spelljammer was the first TTRPG I ever played, and I was in the GMC. So nice. Talk about being thrown into the deep end in 2E in Spelljammer <laughs> as a GM. Um, but yeah, it was Crystal Spheres, which is um, a scenario where your player characters uh, are on a, uh, a Spelljammer called the Hummingbird. And its captain basically eventually kind of asks the party, like, hey, I know you're traveling, but um, my planet's dying my planet's in danger <laughs> and i'm like this has all been kind of a front to get adventurers to come and save my planet from an evil bard so um if you could do that that'd be great that'd thanks be super cool <laughs> you, you know if you could evil bard. yes an evil bard called talan i think was his name mm. interesting that actually sounds kind of kind of fun yeah yeah I've I've uh, every I've had opportunities to play um, like adventures, but those are the ones that always seem to fall through. Apparently, I uh, I've never had the group uh, all be able to meet, or um, someone finds out that the DM is actually a horrible person, so we all quit. There's never there's never been a uh, the yeah. homebrew ones have been the ones that seem to last first. First one that I I DM'd was was a homebrew that I made. It was an adventure I made, and it was a Alice in Wonderland adventure. And I actually ran it twice. I ran it with two different groups because it was supposed to be a one shot. It's a two shot. <laughs> it's a two shot. Um, but uh, and it it actually it 
came out pretty well. Like, surprisingly, for somebody who had no idea what they were doing. Um, Yay! Yeah, that was really fun for me. Um, the first game that I played was called Expedition to Something. Something with a D that I couldn't pronounce then. I definitely can't Detroit. pronounce now. It was not, yeah. No, I Give me a couple that. hours, I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if 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 the the DM made it up or not, because um, I didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. I just really wanted to play, and this group of people at my job, like uh, I was working in retail at the time, and they like cornered me, and they were like, "We heard you really want to play Dungeons and Dragons, and we have a secret game going, but you can't tell anybody because like a lot of people." I, I was working at a really nerdy job, and a lot of people wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, I, I swear I will not tell anybody. And they were like, okay, so so meet us like at at, at, the, at our apartment. And I did. I like went. I was so excited. Uh, and I didn't tell anybody, and then I ended up transferring to a different store, and they were like, yay, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was totally like, it was, it was the most amazing, uh, they were amazing. They were great players and they just, they really needed a third player because it was the, the DM and his girlfriend and their, this third friend of ours. And the two of them just kept dying. It was like, they just really need a balance. And he was like, you can't, you can't make it worse. And I was like, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Uh, and then I also recently, uh, GM'd. And by, or sorry, GP'd, and by GP'd, uh, I, I game princessed <laughs> a, uh, a Pathfinder dream. Um, I'm trying to think of what we played. It was a 1E module that I now can't think of the name of, uh, but it went horribly bad, and I got really sick one week, and I asked, um, Gum Malaya, who was on here a couple... I love Gum. He's great. He's I so asked great. him to fill in for me, and he ended up killing one of my players uh, while he was filling in for me. And we were like, you know what? We're going to rethink this, because this is just... I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about Pathfinder, and we were kind of like, we kind of want to move over to 2E anyway. We really wanted to do a podcast, not a stream. It was Gallows of Madness. That's what we were playing. And so we were like, we really want to do 2E, we really want to do a podcast, we don't really want to be doing a stream. And so we like switched our format, we moved over to 2E, now we're doing 2E and I'm doing way, I'm way more comfortable with 2E. Um, yeah, it's funny, the only two adventure paths I've ever played were both in Pathfinder 1st Edition. <laughs> is, is great, right? Yeah. As a player. As a, as a, as a game princess. Uh, there are a lot of rules, and uh, I was not good at them. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> but, well, I love Pathfinder First Edition because, and I, I've said this before, it's kind of like a homecoming for me because I started playing D and D with three point five, and the two are very, right. very similar. So, mm. it like for me, it was like, oh, this all totally makes sense because this is how I learned to play. So. You know, it was like a couple of the spells, like the words are a little different because, you know, legalities and stuff, but essentially the gameplay was the same. So I was like, oh, have, I know how, I know how to do this game. <laughs> have any of y'all played, um, I, I believe the system is called low fantasy gaming. No, I'm not. no, it's, 
it's like D and D, um, but it tries to be a little bit more real. Nolan is running a game uh, of that. It's the first time I'm playing it, um, but he's running it with uh, me and his brother. And uh, first thing that happened is we were taken to a prison island uh, where all of we were taken to a, a store with all this equipment. It's like, all right, you're going to work on this island. Just just pick whatever you need. And we got all this cool magic stuff. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then I was like, wait a minute. How much How much is all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, that's the thing. You're going to be working that off for the next <laughs> year or so. So that's what Nolan's talking about, how he tricked us into debt. Man, Nolan, that yeah. tricky trick. He's, he's a stinker. Good grief. He's... That's how he rolls. Hmm. All right. What else we got? Um. Yeah, I was just pulling up the next question. So the next question yeah. that we have is from uh, Cypher16X. And the question is, what's your favorite D&D character you've ever played? And why was that character meaningful to you? Okay, how much time do we have? Cause yeah, right. <laughs> I've picked one. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is pick what? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, I'm currently playing in a game on Wednesday nights. It's every other Wednesday night, and we get to play like maybe once a month right now because it's just the way things work out. But I am playing a level twelve gnome, maybe I think, <laughs> named Posey. Uh, I haven't gotten to play in a month, but um, Posey is just so... I got into this game, um, a friend of mine uh, was on uh, Dice Populi boards and was kind of like, hey, we lost another player for our Wednesday night game, and I'm looking for for somebody to fill in if anybody's available, and I was like, well, I don't know a lot about role-playing games, but I'll do it! Like, if you need somebody, I'd really like to play. And uh, this group is super, super advanced, and I am obviously not, right? So, <laughs> um, and they've been they've been amazing. Like, they, every time, uh, there's one player uh, who literally, like, just DMs me, like, constantly, like, just make sure you're doing this. He like checks my spell list to make sure that like I don't. I had like at one point I had like seven extra spells. Um, didn't know how to use any of them. We had to like go through all of them to talk about what was redundant. Like because um, I started at like level ten and I was like I don't know how to play this character. Uh, but when when I brought this character into the game, um, I accidentally ended up stealing from the party. Uh, and so she came in as this thief who was just this, like, she's, like, 23, which is basically, like, 16 when you're a gnome. And uh, she has no family. She's, like, her, her quest in life is just to find out how to manufacture and bottle love. Because she's never, like, felt loved. She's never felt like anybody's wanted to keep her. And, um, and she's just trouble, man. Like... She's just bad news, and, like, she is just so much fun to play. Like, there's just literally times when she gets into trouble, and at one point, like, uh, 
somebody's familiar actually had to put me in a spell of darkness because I was like possessed by somebody. And once I became unpossessed uh, and realized what was going on, and they wouldn't, the familiar would not let me out of this like spell of darkness at first. And so, you know, it was my turn. I was like, all right, well, Posey just sits there and cries. <laughs> That's all I could do. <laughs> Uh, and she's just, she's just amazing. She's so much fun to play. Um, she makes little clocks. She just gives them out to people. They don't have hands. They're just little clock devices that she thinks represent things that they might love. Hmm. So endearing. Yeah, such an endearing little thief. <laughs> <laughs> so, my... It's it's kind of a it. It's more the name than the character, but it, it's turned into a character that I absolutely love. It, my very first D and D character. Um, this was an entirely homebrewed campaign, entirely homebrewed races and classes and things like that. But it was like loosely three and a half, I think. Um, and his name was Grildor, and I don't remember a whole lot about that character specifically um but it was just such a such a meaningful experience having played that my first you know the first time through and playing it and i mean we played for like six hours straight the first time we were just like yeah let's keep going yeah 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 and i have kept that name grildor or grildov or grill something for i could not count how many characters now and my most recent one his name is grill and uh he is a Goliath bard barian, and he is the biggest, dumbest, dopiest dude ever, and I love the hell out of him. He he's just he just wants to help, and he he's he's not the the brightest bulb in the box, but you know he's 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 gonna protect his his teammates. He's gonna protect the captain. He rides on or he's a. Uh, 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 he's part of a crew on a ship, um, and he absolutely loves his two mice. Do not call them rats. <laughs> did, but, did you say Bardbarian? Bardbarian. Okay, I heard you correctly. Awesome. Yes. I've never multiclassed so before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, don't mess with Brad and Tiffany. Those are his two <laughs> mice. <laughs> Tif it, from what I've been told, Tiffany's kind of a bitch. Um, Brad's what you've heard <laughs> yeah Brad Brad's not Brad's kind of a tool you know but you know they are what they are and that's what he's got I love it I think um I think my I hope my favorite ooh, I think I'm gonna go with the one I'm playing now which is Harold the Great and it's my favorite I think by default because I've tried to play him the most amount of times uh he this is uh, he's finally in a campaign. This is the third time I've tried to play him. Uh, uh, the first the first time uh, he made it to level two before he died uh, before the campaign died, and the second time the campaign died before the campaign started. Um, but Harold the Great is a sorcerer that doesn't know he's a sorcerer um, and believes he is supposed to be a wizard. So. Uh, as a child, his his parents were like, "Why do you keep 
making the house catch on fire with your random magic that you're innately capable of doing. And they sent him to magic school. And he kept getting expelled or suspended or failing because he couldn't learn from the scrolls. But ever so often, the teacher would yell at him, he'd cry, and something would explode in the corner of the room. Uh, so for me, it was an, it's an allegory for dealing with uh, trying to explain how your brain works when no one understands how your brain works. Um, and uh, we, we homebrewed a um, wild magic surge chart for him um, because all his magic runs through his emotions, and he doesn't know that yet. He's 40 years old and working as an adventurer, but he doesn't know how his magic works. He just knows he has magic, and he's a level 9 sorcerer with only level 1 spell slots. Um, and, uh, the, when we roll, every time he, a magic happens, which is no by accident, uh, we roll a d20 and a one through five means it's a wild magic surge. Uh, six through 15 means it's one of these selected spells he already knows, but he doesn't know which one it's going to be. Uh, and 15 through 20 means it's a spell he meant to do it, but it's clearly an accident. So don't ask him to do it again. Uh, uh, the one of the spells he has always equipped is shield so that as a reaction whenever he's scared he's just going oh my god and magic happens <laughs> anywhere in the game um, and it is beautiful and tragic all at the same time I love that that's amazing Yeah, that's, that's great he is loosely based uh, on Rincewind from the Discworld books if you oh, cool. yeah Ray, do you do you want to go or should I go? I'm uh, still thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I I wanted to give you time to think if if that was the case. Um, my uh, favorite character I've played is Staghorn, um, which is my namesake. Um, he was a uh, fighter in the tyranny of dragons campaign and uh he wanted to be a folk hero um so that was that was just how i i played him um he was big and tried his best to be heroic and and do the right thing and everything was a little bit difficult because um, the young man who he decided to adopt as a brother, um, a halfling rogue named Welby, um, was a thieving piece of shit who also enjoyed murder for some reason. Um, and I'd like to say that Welby grew out of that. I really would because we're we're playing a reunion campaign with those characters, and I would really, really love to say that he's grown out of it, Tara. Um, <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> um, but you know, it's <laughs> just yeah, yeah. She said just some light murder, uh huh. Um, but it's he he was my favorite character, and and. Uh, he, I started off playing him as, as this big, doofy guy, talked like Patrick Warburton. Yeah! Uh, 
But it, it slowly just turned into into my voice, and um, I I really liked him. And he he wore a helmet that had stag horns on it, and that's why I have the gauntlets and the um, the pauldrons. One day I'd like to build a a staghorn costume, but Ooh. we'll see. That'd um, be super cool. Armor's expensive. Let's <laughs> do it. I can feel myself, like, I can feel my jaw, like, dropping while you guys are talking because I'm getting so into these character stories and I have to remind myself that people can see me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not happening to you, it's also happening to them probably, maybe. Yeah. Let's hope so. Just show sure. us. We, we just can't see it. So if you're in chat, you need to um, take a selfie and post it in my Discord so we can all see your faces too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just literally realized that I'm listening to this the way that I watch TV, which is basically just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I'm. 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 My problem is I haven't actually played that much, and the majority of characters that I've played have been in one-shots, so they've been incredibly just silly and goofy yeah. and Tell us about all of them. Tell us, tell us the best So basically, so, this is like the equivalent of someone saying, pick your favorite child. I know, right? Uh, I mean, oh, the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> I I have I have two long-term characters that I kind of fall back on. Uh one of them I only did for about 10 12 sessions, the other I did for about a year or so. Um the one I usually fall back on, that I would say probably I've had the 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 best character arc with is Cascada who was a Water Genasi, uh, Blood Hunter, Order of the Profane Soul. Mm. Um, and uh, he was part of a Curse of Strahd campaign. And his entire thing was he grew up in a circle of druids. Um, but because of his, his uh, innate nature, when it came time for the trials to actually, you know, continue to learn in the circle... He could only control water. He couldn't control any of the other elements. And the more he kind of sat down and tried to hone in on these other elements, the more it would kind of backfire. He ended up getting into a fight and injuring one of the members of the circle. Uh, and he ended up going into exile. And this whole travel to Strahd, he picked up and learned blood magic, blood hunter, in order to manifest other elements. And Order of the Profane Soul, um, you get a patron similar to a warlock. He didn't realize that his patron was Strahd and that Strahd was slowly feeding him power, but in a horrible twist of fate, he would only feed him ice and water-based spells and nothing else. So... It was this huge, long kind of coming to grips and trying to overcome that boundary so that when he actually used another element for the first time, he was like level nine. Um, and yeah, uh, he was lawful evil the entire time and no one found out until the very end when oh he gosh. we defeated Strahd and as everyone left, he stayed and took his place at Ravenloft. Um, 
and yeah, in terms of like what that character meant, I guess it was the very much a allegory of being stuck in a situation where everyone expects the world from you, whereas your actual passions and talents are being ignored. And mm -hmm. trying to cope with that and process that and trying to just deal with that in a way that maybe it's positive, maybe it's negative, but at least you're making some kind of progress through it. Mm -hmm. And you'll cross the bridge when you come to it. And that was kind of the the arc I wanted to explore there. So, I, th I think uh, him and Harold would meet in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, Cascada fair, needs, fair. like, majorly needs therapy. <laughs> Man, find, <laughs> find me someone's character who doesn't, honestly. Right? I, yeah, you know. That's fair. Uh, okay, uh, question related to that. Um, listening to those awesome backstories of those characters, when you're, when you're going into building a new character for the next thing you're doing, regardless of system. What are you lo look looking at in your mind that's going into the character? Beyond, beyond like, here are the stats that should go out. Um, for example, I, I have one thing is I'm chaos as a player. Um, I think my audience is, or my audience, my players and DM are also my audience. So I'm trying to, uh, if they're not silly and, and goofing off with me, uh, I'll, I'll fix it by the end of the session. Um, but, uh, so that's a kernel of everything in every character I build, but I also, um, every character I've made has also been based on something I also like from another IP, um, either a comic or a fantasy hero or some, some little like thing that I can visually be like, this is kind of what, if I were to picture it, what it would look like. And I mash those two together and a personality is made that I try to play for the campaign. Um, and then I try to make the numbers match that. So a lot of, like, Harold is really bad at casting magic. Uh, his charisma is his third highest stat, even though he's a sorcerer, because he's also a coward, and cowards run away very quickly. So dex dexterity is the highest stat. Um, what are you looking at when you're trying to build a character? Is based on my question. Sorry, that was a long question. No, no it's, I totally, totally get it. That's a really good thought-provoking one. I love that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, how fun is this going to be to role play? Um, that's mm -hmm. that's my go-to every time. And and sometimes what I'm feeling um, will will find its way into the character. Um, like r right now, I'm I'm doing a uh, a changeling who is just now kind of learning he's a changeling. He thought he was a dwarf his entire life, and then he got hit by a moonbeam, and that you know that changes changelings into their normal form, and so he's oh, like, wow. "What?" <laughs> but like uh, we did um, out of the abyss, and I, I was in a, a real rough time in my life, and so. Uh, the theme of all of my characters uh, in in that one became uh, I don't care if I die, um, and so, <laughs> so it, it it became the the big thing for all of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is is yeah. 
I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, I I, sorry, go ahead. No, go. You go. Okay. <laughs> no, you hang up first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the title of the episode. <laughs> yep. Yay. Um, I, I think most of my characters that I, especially the, the ones that, that I think back on, I mean, I've played plenty of characters in one shots and, you know, some definitely are easier to role play than others and land better than others and are more fun than others. And the ones that, that I can remember, you know, like I would play them again, go like building them. I think in my mind, it's like something that I value in each of them. So like, for example, a lot of my characters are like super like and I guess endearing characters, if that makes any sense. Like Grill, the one that I was just talking about, was like one of the biggest, dopiest, like teddy bear kind of characters that you could you could ever play or 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 meet in a campaign. And I loved playing him. Um, uh, one of the characters, one of the NPCs from our podcast, Eric. Um, he just talks like this all the time, and he's he's this wonderful. Uh, he, he's he's an executioner that is sort of afraid of blood, and um, he's just like my or my players absolutely love him, and they do not want to want him to leave ever. And it's it's characters like that where it's like, you know, I really value, um, you know, like a strong, like a s strong backbone kind of guy, or or, or uh, you know, somebody with a fluffy inside, or it, it's those little pieces that I think might translate to like what I value in other people or myself, but it's, I, that's what I kind of go to. My characters always start off as like, what sounds really fun to play or what haven't I played in a while or something like that, you know? Um, but they always end up morphing into something that I didn't expect from the get-go. So the character that I played that probably means the most to me um, was my halfling Edabrix that I played in um, uh, the Pathfinder, one of the Pathfinder first edition games that I played. Can you say that she, name again slowly? Edabrix. Okay. I-D-A-B-R-I-X. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um... And so she started off as a halfling rogue with like a semi-tragic backstory because, you know, you, you know. have to. Um, mm -hmm. But this and actually her tra her semi-tragic backstory was actually caused by something she did, not by like her parents dying or whatever. You know, she was like she did stupid stuff and she won stupid prizes. So um, so anyway, uh, I was like, yeah, this will be fun. Like, I like playing rogues. This will be this will be good. And then as we moved through the story, her character um, multiclassed into a, a fighter um, rogue based on things that happened in the course of the story. So in the course of the story, she ended up in a romantic relationship with an NPC. NPC uh, was a ship captain. The ship got blown up while he was on it. She saw the whole thing happen. So she like, you know, was like, I need vengeance now. And um, 
so she became a, a, a rogue fighter, which was fun because I don't play fighters very often either. So that was sort of a nice thing to like, ah, oh, this is kind of cool. And then through the course of like, as they were adventuring in this town, she spent a lot of time hanging out with another NPC who happened to be a ranger. So she also multiclassed into ranger. So she was a rogue fighter ranger <laughs> by level five. And, um, and it was actually a lot of fun because like at that point, her athletics was through the roof. Um, you know, she was able to like, she started like, we had a, like I said, she's a halfling. She's three foot two. We had like a seven foot tall barbarian in the party. So they would do a lot of stuff where like they sort of in the, in the off time, they would train together. And so they had this great system down where like her turn would come up in combat and she'd be like, gutter shield. And he'd plant a shield down in the ground and she'd run and jump off it and do like diving attacks onto the enemies and stuff. And, um, so yeah, so that was kind of the long roundabout way of me explaining that it usually starts with like, oh, this sounds like it might be kind of fun. You know, I haven't done this in a while. And then I like to just kind of let it see where it goes. And, you know, it also really like, I like to look at a lot of like, what are some of the things that are really practical for my characters as they're going on this adventure? So she took a level of fighter because she'd been training with a barbarian and because she wanted vengeance on the person who blew up, you know, the, the ship. And then she did spending a lot of time with a ranger. So naturally she learned some ranger skills just by doing that. So that's sort of how I like to progress my characters, you know, when I'm doing, um, when I'm doing a long-term campaign like that is what's some of the stuff that she's doing on the outside. That's not like necessarily main mission focus that she would learn from. So, yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't gone? Is it just me and Rain? I think so. I think so. I added a caveat to the question we'd already asked, so I made it harder. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, mine's pretty quick. Uh, mine is two things. One, what aspect of myself do I want to go ahead and explore? Uh, um, so, Cascada was my constant grappling with imposter syndrome. Um, Kylan is uh, a fallen Azamar spore druid who I made to kind of work through my chronic illness and things like that. Um, Blackout Trunk was my moron loxodon drunken master who was just like, you know what? I just want to be funny. That's it. I just want this character to be funny. That that's 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 the end all be all. Um, and then two is uh, what ridiculous rule combination can I just take the absolute mick out of? It doesn't have to be like I'm not looking to like min max op. I just want to find something that works together and just goes mm. what yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Callista is a, uh, one of the, um, Guide to Ravenloft lineages. She's a Dampier. I saw the thing about the fangs, and I saw, okay, cool, yeah, that's a, that's a racial feature. Awesome. All right, sweet. Then I looked into Druid, and saw that when you wild shape, you keep your racial features. 
you can also uh, keep your class features. So I can go Dampier, Circle of the Moon Druid, and Barbarian, and have a raging vampire direwolf. <laughs> wow. And that is entirely rule legal. I was like, this isn't going to be very effective, but it's going to be funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, um, Dampier gets Spider Climb as a racial ability as well. Ooh, you have God. not seen fear until you have seen a vampire <laughs> bear crawling on the ceiling, rushing towards you with yeah, like I, 80 foot of movement. <laughs> I'm, I'm in fear just hearing about it. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. It wasn't like hugely effectual, but God, it was funny. Also, Callista had an intelligence of like four. So it was like, we need to, we need to be careful. We need to scout on the rooftops. And she's like, okay, turns into a bear and just walks up the wall and just wanders off onto the rooftops and heads away. So <laughs> it's a fun combo. I feel like I need to see art of that. <laughs> you know what actually yeah I, at first i was like yes and and now i'm like you know what i have oh, enough that terrifies me and <laughs> i got enough nightmare fuel man <laughs> yeah so what i was actually gonna say is i have night terrors right oh, and no. so uh <laughs> so thank you for that right um no, but uh, so sometimes when I'm creating these characters, right? Because the weird thing about Night Terrors is that you actually, you, you, you're, you're in it, right? Like, you can't tell you're dreaming most of the time. And so, like, I have played in my Night Terrors different people. I have been different people. And so uh. sometimes I will create characters out of, like, not necessarily i'm usually like a person right i'm not like an elf or a tiefling or anything that'd be cool but i'm not um but like something that i felt in that in that night terror right like or something that i kind of like thought was cool or want to explore um also because i tend to get roped into these games very last minute that i've never played before i've taken to asking the dm or the gm to just make me a character and then i'll i'll work on the backstory but like I'm, I'm very much with you, Julian. Where I need, I need them to. Is it Julian? Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. you're talking about me. Yeah, you're yeah. my name. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm like, and now I got your name wrong. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. Where I need like their stats to match their per like the story. So like, yep. even if I didn't make the character, right? If I'm working on the backstory. So for the Shadowrun game, I'm gonna be playing this character, Grubby. And Grubby is a is a chef, and and she's a fighter, which I've never played before. I always play spellcasters, so this is gonna be really fun for me. Um, but, uh, you know, she's not super charismatic. Like that's not the name of the stat, but she's not. She's not like a super, like, um, she's not a great talker. She's a medium talker. So like I wrote that into her backstory, right? Like she grew up on the streets. She's really good at, she's she's a, a troll, which in Shadowrun is kind of like a lesser race. And so like, I kind of wrote into her backstory that she grew up on the streets with these other trolls and she's like seriously in debt because of the way that the GM created this character. And so I kind of like wrote in that she's in, in all this debt because she's trying to like open up like 
an orphanage and like a, a non-profit for like other trolls and orcs and like it very much like fits with who she is as, as a character as the character was built um because i need that to match mm, like yeah for me to get into the character and then i could play the character then it doesn't matter but like if they don't match then there's like my brain can't do it mm. i like that does uh does anyone else use their dump stats for personality so oh, like yeah. yeah so like the oh, yeah. the not counting Harold but but so normally like the strong stats are like how this character is useful like in combat or like in the within the story of the game and then like the bottom three are like this is how I see or interact with the world during the game and like maybe influence how I talk as a, as a voice that I'm really bad at uh, but like if my constitution is really low he's gonna be a uh, a coward if uh, if his charisma is really low he's gonna start over when he's talking in public like there's uh, ways that I just, like, the numbers always equate to something on the character rather than being like, I will never use this. Those are the endearing stats. Exactly. That's how you become endearing. Yes. Usually, if I have a low stat, nine times out of ten, it's dex. And <laughs> nine times out of ten, what that means is I won't even try to stealth. I just, it's like, alright, we're gonna sneak through here. I can't sneak. <laughs> it's like, what I'm what do you mean stop, you can't thank you. <laughs> yeah, stay like, right here <laughs> yeah it's like I could come with you but I guarantee you <laughs> it's, it's always a, a really helpful primer on making your characters because yes of course you know big stat make serotonin go brr, but also <laughs> having that Having that, uh, having that dump stat and being like, okay, why is this a dump stat? Because it's easy enough to say like, I have a low intelligence. Okay, so I'm not that I'm not that educated. But then you have like, okay, if I have a low intelligence and a high wisdom, then how am I going to play that out? Or yep. yeah, or or uh, <laughs> you know, low constitution. It's like, okay, am I? Uh, am I an individual who will put myself first? Am I overly protective? Am I packing a lot of defensive magic? Yep. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I have a low constitution because I'm so gung-ho that I've taken so many wounds that now my general health has declined. Like, there's there's other twists that you can put on lower stats, and that's what makes, like... That's what makes it interesting for me, at the very least. Mm -hmm. Like, being able to weave that into the story that's already being told and being like, I okay, agree. I can roll with this. I can roll with this. Yeah. you go. I was just going to say, important question real quick. What what does big number make serotonin go? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a well-known fact. Big numbers make serotonin go brr. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just wanted to make sure. You don't sure. need that as a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> I will make sure to clip that and get you the MP3 version of it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, but okay. Am I so, wrong? I, no, no, no. Okay, wait. But so this is the thing, right? Like anytime you're playing a character and like, okay, yes. It, like, yes, I, I'm, I'm a nerd. I've been a nerd my whole life. I was in acting when I was in high school. No. Middle school. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, but, but like, here's the thing, right? Like we have all 
because we're human, we have all been in a position at one point or another where we have had every single low stat, right? In real life. Like yes. we have all been low de dexterity. We have all been low constitution. We have all been low charisma. Don't try to tell me otherwise. I know you're lying. Like, yeah, it's called middle school. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad for you it ended in middle school. For some of us, it took a lot longer. Well, I'm just saying, it, I mean, I didn't say it ended going. in middle school. I just said that's when it started. <laughs> My point is, like, we've, we've all been there, right? Like, we yeah. all have different things that have happened to us that, like, you know, there are just days, and still, like, you know, that there are days when, like, if, if you had, like, just a stat pool, right, like, on your wall, and you were just assigning yourself numbers on any random day, like, I, I, there are days, right? So, like, I think that, like, that real life experience is what, what really makes it fun to play these characters, because, like, we all know what it feels like. We all know what it is. And like, you could, you could just avoid that stat. You can, and, and that's a way to play a character. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, for me, when I'm playing these characters, I am playing these characters and like, I am getting into it. I am going to do it all the way. And like, if I am, if I am, you know, low dexterity character, I am going to trip. Yep. It yeah. Is <laughs> oh yeah. And, I played a, uh, I, I played a, of, a character a one time who was, um, a centaur. And really leaned into the fact that she couldn't go up and down stairs. Oh, yay. <laughs> I kind of look at it like um, uh, a number of the, the, I guess, novel and TV writers that I, inspire me um, talk about, like, what does the character want? Like, how and how soon can you tell what the character wants? And I kind of feel like whenever I look at a stat box, like, there's a why for my character, like, to exist in the campaign. Uh, and then I go, well, why is he strong? Why is he dexterous? Why is he charismatic? And I answer those questions by placing a number there. So then, like, everything has a reason uh, story-wise that yeah. projects onto that how I sense. play it. Yeah. Um, so much more work that I put into characters than I do to my homework. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. that feeling. I I can't tell you how many times that I've told my parents about something that happened in D&D or talked about stats and, and like rules and stuff like that. And they don't say it, but I can hear it in their voice of just, just, you could have had a higher GPA. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could have passed math class. Yeah. Yeah. You probably could have passed math. My oh, sisters have taken to buying me D&D stuff for holidays and stuff, which is great. And I love, like, they're really good. They they come up with some really good stuff. Um, but every holiday now that they buy D&D stuff, I kind of get the D&D stuff. And it comes with a card that kind of says, we don't know what it does, but we think it's useful. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I love it. That sounds like a character concept right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an artificer right there. I was right going to say, that's an artificer if ever I heard one. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I think it does something. Yeah. What's it do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like something that my kid said once. When she was like six, she saw uh, a kid on a scooter um, at the local park, and she had never seen a scooter before. And she was watching this kid very, very intently. And I was like, you know, what is that? And she goes, I don't know what that thing is. 
but I bet it's great. (laughs) 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 And on that note, we're going to pause to take a quick break. So um, stick around. If we haven't answered your question yet, we will get to it after the break. I've got a little little stockpile of them going in the back room. So so we will get to it just then. And uh, oh, thank you for the raid. You were just in time for us to go to break. So... (laughs) So um, we will see you in just a few minutes uh, after the break. See you soon. Okay, this is the hardest part of any role-playing game. Who wants to be the dungeon master? I do. Me. Me. Everyone? We could aid a desperate town in their hunt for a savage beast. Or sail to a hidden isle full of talking turtles. I love turtles. Or tracking down a band of pirates to save your best friend. Five DMs, five great ideas. I guess we'll have to play them all. Set sail with us for a podcast adventure full of music, laughter, and friendship on Dice Populi. Listen to these stories and more at DicePopuli.com. All right, we are back from break. Hope you all had a good break. I know I did. And, um, yeah, we're going to dive right back in with some other questions that we have from chat. So... We're going to start with, uh, let's see, the next one came in from uh, the Dimpire. And Jim asks, uh, most interesting bending of the rules you've ever encountered at a table? I I know one right off the bat. Do it. Uh, it was Tyranny of Dragons. It was... Staghorn and, and Welby. Welby was in a, uh, a mining camp very far away, was knocked out, and we needed to get him back. We were very far from him, and so I said, I want to tie a rope to an arrow and I want to pierce his shoulder, and I want to pull him back with this arrow. And my dear Andy was like, it's going to be hard, but okay. And so, like, we did all this stuff to try and get it to work, and just like that, that was the best rule-bending ever, especially considering it was a, um, uh, we were pulling a rope from, like, uh, maybe half a mile away, like towards us up a cliff. Uh, and uh, we had to make all these strength checks. And then the, um, if we got three failures, uh, he, it, it was, it was death saves every time something happened. Uh, and uh, at one point, he had to, uh, we had to make a strength check, and it was like only a 10 or something like that. And we were like, crap, we're going to lose well. <laughs> but it was early in the game, and uh, our DM was like, he's a halfling. He's not very heavy. And so <laughs> we saved him that way. But like that, I think about that every time uh, we, we think about kind of bending the rules a little Just talking about that rope just makes me think of like the Campbell's soup can, like talk into it. And, like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Half a mile away, <laughs> Campbell's soup. <laughs> um, the first one that I can think of is, and I, I, I don't even know. Maybe you guys can help me with this because I we play 
relatively fast and loose with the rules anyway. But <clears throat> this could be a totally rules uh, legal action that happened. But um, my so in in our uh, in our campaign, the party was fighting a sentient uh, cannon on feet, cannon on legs, uh, that was called Quack, and it did quack like a duck. Um, and after fighting it for a while, uh, our, the ranger of the group decided to cast Jump on it. And it had already gotten a crack in its, like, hull or, or the, in the cannon itself. And so the way that we played this is like, you know what? Go for it. And he rolled well enough and everything and casted Jump on it. This thing jumps, I don't remember how far in the air, like 100 feet in the air or something like that. Come back down and fell to the ground, collapsed and broke literally in half. Was the way that we played it. I don't know if you can do that. It was really cool though. Like it was, it, I, and honestly, it's one of those moments where, like, as a DM, you're like, "Damn, that's creative." I gotta let yeah. that happen. I don't care. I don't even care if this is rules. Want to let it? You want to let it happen? <laughs> exactly. I just, I, I remember like... it. I remember it. Just, I want to cast jump on it. What? <laughs> I like the idea that jump is an involuntary spell. Like... There, there is there is no wording in that spell that says that the creature has to be willing or not. It just says you touch, <laughs> yeah. it just says you touch a creature and its jump is tripled. It doesn't get a yeah. choice in the matter. That and catapult are beautiful just, spells. I love mwah. them. <laughs> it is wonderful. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Cozy went into a toy store. We were trying to find out information about a bunch of like magical items we had, and we went into this toy store, and um, it was great. There were two things that happened in that store that was great. The first thing is, so like I said, there, somebody, one of the other players has this um, minion who is their familiar, and uh, who has just become a character in, in their own right, right? the character is named Furfeet and is literally just this little this little like ball of of just energy and and just like involved in the fights and travels with the party all the time and so um the the DM actually allowed Furf to get like a toy crossbow and some armor and to use that as a crossbow and armor which was amazing because uh, now at night sometimes Furf goes out and kills pounds people's sheep um, we're working on it uh, but the <laughs> other thing the other thing that happened was the shopkeeper had enchanted uh, a stuffed teddy bear and uh i wanted one so we play this game on wednesday nights we play this game on wednesday nights i'm on eastern time the dm is on eastern time everybody else is like i think everybody else is pretty much pacific time so uh we're playing at like it's like 11 o'clock for us by the time we're getting close to the end and it's like you know a reasonable time for everybody else and i'm also usually an early to bed kind of person but um 
but I love this game, so I stay up for it. And so he's describing this little animated teddy bear that talks and just hangs out with the shopkeeper and does little things for the shopkeeper. And I just, it was 11 o'clock and I wanted one. Um, and so I, I, I specific, I was, how do I want one? And uh, I was fighting with the party at the, at the moment over one of the decisions that had been made. And so somebody in the party actually was like, I would buy you one. And the DM was like, okay, come back in yeah. five days. Here's what it's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, when we get back from this current part of the adventure we're on, I'm, I, I have a animated bird, uh, bird stuffed animal that is mine, that is waiting for me because I am a druid. Uh, and it is going to be my companion. It's just going to hang out with me. Uh, he was just like, after the game, he was like, why? And I'm like, I mean, how could you introduce a, an animated stuffed animal into a game with me and not expect me to be like, but how? How do I get one? Yeah. 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 Give. Mine. <laughs> want. Mine. Give Monkey now. brain want thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey with the symbol on the, tra the train track that just goes around and around and around is, is now focused. Want yes. serotonin. Brr. Yeah. 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 <laughs> go burr. That's it. Want it go burr? I'm telling you. Look, there's, numbers, there's like... numbers being big is the reason why people play rogues. That's literally it. The big numbers yeah. make you happy. They don't talk about the second attack. It's like, oh yeah, rogue, I've done 164 damage. Amazing. What's your next attack? Oh, no. No <laughs> <laughs> talks about the second one. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Numbers, I just want the stuffed animals. But the thing is, when you have seven people in a party and you're one DM and you've now introduced a concept, it's on you. Mm hmm What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful answer, and I love this story. I don't remember what you were answering. The question was, uh, what was the most interesting bending of rules you've encountered at a table? Oh, that's right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because everything that I've ever played has been homebrewed. Um, enough of it comes in from their imagination that I don't, I don't second guess anything. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, all of it. <laughs> all, all of it is great. Uh, uh, the there, rules are there are no rules. Exactly. Like I, uh, as a when I DM, uh, I DM in D and D five E by default because I know enough of the rules to not open the book to create the adventure I want to create. So half of the things I'm making are just pulled out of my own self, and I have no idea if it applies or not, and I make the numbers work. Um, so I'm going to say that that is my favorite part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, of uh, bending rules. You, you play a little bit of Calvin Ball. I kind well, of no, no, feel that. And just... like, like, it changes every time. It, uh, I adhere yeah. to logic in the world that, that we're playing in, but because I never opened the D&D book to, to craft the world, uh, some things might not actually be as they're supposed to be, um, and I don't care. <laughs> Very DM. I, I like that. 
I feel like we should family feud that answer and just be like, good answer, good answer. Good answer. And the board says you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the board says every DM ever does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know as a player because most, most of my games have been, been DM'd so homebrewedness that um, by the time I opened a book of d and I, I learned things were not as they were uh, retroactively, like not in the game. I just took it for granted as I was playing. I can't think of a good example. <laughs> like... It's okay, neither can I. Part of it part of it is like I'm a very rule of cool GM anyway, so I if someone comes up with something, I'm just like Yeah, it'd be funny. Go for it. Um Yeah, no, I don't know. It's actually a really hard it's a really hard question when you play a lot of like looser mm-hmm. looser kind of games and a lot of mm-hmm. homebrew stuff. Um, hmm. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm stuck. <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's all it's all little things. Like yeah. you know, like all the all the little like rule rule adjustments and rule breaks and rule of cool kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. um, one of the fa- one of my favorite things I like to do in my games is overcasting. So if you are out of spell slots and there's a spell that you want to use, you take that much exhaustion as a spell slot and you get to cast it anyway. Ooh, I like it. Um, so someone, someone has used that against me once. Because um, I was like, oh, I'll add in this cool little homebrew rule. And they're like, yeah, so I'm playing a sorcerer. I'm like, uh-huh. So, Can I twin cast this? I'm like... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I think all yeah. of mine are all go back to rule of cool stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you don't use the rule of cool, may I suggest using the rule of cool? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes you feel awesome, and it makes your players also feel awesome. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, next question comes from uh, Cipher Sixteen X. How have TTRPGs changed you as a person or helped you grow IRL? Oh boy. That's a very very touchy I've been playing for 14 and a half years, so... (laughs) A lot. (laughs) (laughs) How much of the growth is from the game and how much of it is you growing in general? A lot. (laughs) <laughs> I also think that there's yes. I also think there's a significant difference between playing like the question as it is, so just playing games in general and playing games online. Yeah. And, like on stream. I think they're two very different experiences and they make you grow and develop in very different ways. So for me personally, sort of to that point, if I hadn't played TTRPGs prior to getting divorced, for example, I never would have gotten into streaming TTRPGs. Mm-hmm. And then I never would have started this show. And then I wouldn't know the majority of the people that I know now. And I, you know, a butterfly so like, effect ensues. Yeah, exactly. And so 
I think if I, you know, uh, not I think, I know that if I hadn't ever sat down at the table that first time, like my, my life would look very different today than it does. So, you know, call it growth or not, it, it is, it is because there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of additional skills, like from learning how to stream and, you know, all of that stuff that I had to pick up, but also just, you know, the networking and the marketing and the, you know, all of that stuff too, that, um, you know, that I had to learn. But then, you know, I don't know that I would necessarily call it part of like, I mean, I guess it kind of is, but all of the people that I've met have all affected me in some way, you know, whether big or small, you know, there's a lot of times that, I'll talk to people and I'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I had you as a guest on Tales from the Tavern three seasons ago or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just always really nice to reconnect with those people. And then there are other people that through the course of being part of the community are now substantial part of my life. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just no good answer for that for me, but mm -hmm. yeah. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. You're going to go. I, I just 100% agree with what you said because it's like had I, had had we not started or had I not started playing TTRPGs back in grade school, uh, I wouldn't have thought to pick it back up four years ago or whatever it was, uh, and then start a podcast and mm. then get into the this whole community. And meet some incredible people that I like. Honestly, I call some really close friends now. And yeah. It's like, it's so weird how, like, it, I, I don't know it, that butterfly effect thing. It's it's a thing. It's a oh, thing. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yep. something so small as playing a game with your friends, you know, once a week or once a month or whatever, turns into, you know, it. Now I. Now I, I have connections to people that do voice acting mm -hmm. and yeah. I done voice mm -hmm. acting now. And it's like, how did that even become a thing when I was watching cartoons and I'm like, wow, that's a cool guy's voice. It's like, I don't know. The world works weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I came to TTRBGs rather later in my not old life. Um, I, um, and I think Leonard, we, we kind of talked about this on, on my podcast. Um, the moment I played, I was like, why have I not been doing this? Yeah. Why, where, what, uh, because the, the, a mix of how it involves storytelling and improv and, um, um, a little bit of building of community and, uh, a little, a little bit of randomness that is just having fun. Um, was all stuff that I enjoyed doing in separate avenues with separate hobbies. And this was one thing that brought all of it together in one unique package. Um, and I think uh, the, I mean, the last few years since, you, like, you can't, you can't say that I, this wouldn't have happened without it, but since um, t picking up the hobby, um, the, uh, I think it is because it uses so many of the things that I enjoy separately, um, my the things that I enjoy separately have also improved. So uh, as someone who works for myself uh, creatively and professionally, 
Uh, it means that by even if I'm not doing the things that are part of my everyday existence, um, the part that makes those part things better has gotten has improved at like the lowest de denominator. I don't know. If, I'm not making sense, but, but uh, uh, I've the skills that I use within playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, or more particularly DMing. Um, uh, are separate skills that I use in my personal and professional life that um, otherwise don't get practiced. But D&D gives me a, slat, a slate to practice them on their own. And then I go and do the professional thing or the personal thing, and I realize that I'm much more confident doing that thing than I was before, mm -hmm. even though I haven't done it in a very long time. Um, so it's, it's, it gives me a way to have a hobby that is in no way related to how I pay for my existence in the world, which is very important. You should all have that if you don't have that. Uh, but it also is something that builds the skills that I use for paying for things uh, at the same time. Uh, and that is that is probably the thing that I'm using to answer the question. I, I think that's very similar to kind of what I was thinking is like, in very different words, but like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to borrow your answer when you say it better. Okay, cool. Uh, um, I I feel like this is so cheesy. Sorry. Uh, my undergrad is in uh, writing. It's in journalism specifically. So, um, yeah, cheesy is my thing. Uh, I feel like playing, playing these games was... First of all, this is something I wanted to do my whole life, right? Uh, since I was, like, really young, I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. I wanted to be part of those kind of communities, and I didn't know the right people. And um, I was 30 when I got involved uh, with my first D&D group, and, um, which just made it sound like a drug addiction. Sorry about that. But um, <laughs> not bad. Uh, which, to my mother, it was, which was really funny. Um, she was, you're, you're doing what? You're, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons? I'm like, Mom, I've already read Harry Potter. Like, it's fine. The evil's already in me. We're okay. Uh, that was the gateway. That was the gateway was the one. Gate yeah, we, we went through that. Uh, we actually just made fun of her. I was making fun of her on Mother's Day. I was like, see, if you hadn't let me pick up those Harry Potter books, Mom, I mean, I'd probably be. And she was just like, let you. I never <laughs> let you read a single thing in my entire life. I was, I was reading to my mom from the time I was like six. Um, but I was like, you know, I was always interested in Dungeons and Dragons and in, and um, ro like role playing games, and I I just like I just never really had the courage to go out and find it. And when I was thirty, I went through a major life event that really changed my perspective. And um, I did. I went out and I found it, and I found a group, and you know, this secret little group who was like, just don't tell anybody. And we played in secret, and then I went out and I found more people, and I I you know. Uh, I, I met somebody else at work who was like, hey, my friend is starting this D&D &D podcast, you know, you should totally talk to him. And I talked to him and I got involved in his Discord and that introduced me to all these other people from all over the world. And my second game of D&D &D lit is literally an international game of D&D &D that we play like once a month. And we, uh, we are from literally all over the world. Um, and they are like... We are a family. We are the Little Toast family. Um, that's what we call ourselves because one of our players was is named Primitive Toast, and we just all jumped on, and we're all toasts now. 
And um, they are, there's people from Argentina and Norway and Germany and, um, God, Lizzie, I can't think of where you're from. I'm so sorry right now. Uh, but like, they're literally all over the world. And um, we've, we've been playing together for over a year and uh, we did like birthday presents for each other. Um, and they're, I've said I love you to every single one of them, and they made me more confident. They they made me, like, less afraid to say yes to stuff. And then <laughs> the first time I was on Tales of the Tavern, uh, Luna had put out, put out a call on Dice Populi and was like, Hey, you want to come do, do this thing? And I was like, Yeah, I want to do that. So I said yes, and uh, I got invited to the Inspired Incompetence um, Discord through that by somebody named Lord Richter, and through that I actually met um, the person who I really believe is my soulmate, and like, so it totally changed my life. Like, it totally made, you know, this simple thing that I always was super interested in, and still am super interested in and do for fun, has totally made me the type of person who says yes to things. And just makes me feel like, hey, like, I feel like if I if I could do this thing that I've always wanted to do, why can't I do other things that I've always wanted to do? Yeah, and I was saying right? to you guys on the break, like, you know, I, I went out and I got my dream job finally after like 14 years and it pays crap and it's the most exciting thing I've ever done. I waited a long time to do it and uh, I'm getting my master's in social work. It's something I waited a long time to do. Social workers like, for the win. Woo. That's what my degree yeah. is in. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 brutal, uh, but, yep. it's, but it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing, and it is literally like I want to work in advocacy. Ad, nope, advocacy, and I want to you know work in um, with 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 research, and I want to work with grants, and like I'm getting the opportunity to do that, and like I'm not even done with my master's yet, and I already have the opportunity to do that. So like all of this stuff, like I said, super cheesy. Sorry for talking so long, but like. I feel like just that first opportunity and saying, you know what, yes, like I really want to do this. Why can't I do this thing I want to do? Was enough for me to start saying yes to other things. And then all of a sudden it was just like, you know what, yes. Like, why am I so afraid of everything? I'm just going to go for it. Totally. Totally. Honestly. Yeah, I totally like that all resonates so big mm-hmm. <laughs> all right um let's move on to i've got all the warm and fuzzies right now like it's just all it's all right here love you guys <laughs> her hands all around um yeah. <laughs> i mean you have gloves i just can't do it uh. it's one of those like walking and talking and texting things anyway (laughs) all right so uh gum dropped by and would like to know i did not mean to make a joke there i just realized what i said um (laughs) the gumdrop buttons (laughs) sorry gum um and asked what do you think is the most underutilized skill in tabletop gaming athletics perception etc most investigation what Investigation. Really? <laughs> yeah. I I feel like perception gets used a lot instead of investigation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. At least in my games. That, I that's when 
Yeah, that's when the DM's like, no, 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 you have to look in this direction. You perceive it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, some people act like they're interchangeable. I don't know, maybe. See, the, the way that we play it, as far as investigation goes, is like perception is large scale, and then in, I, I, the way that we play is investigation is more like small scale. Yeah, no, that's that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, see, that's another one of those things. It's like, I don't know how it's supposed to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. But, uh, it, it, but I, it's like one of those things where it's it's very dependent on your table and your crew and who you're yeah, playing with. Yeah, like, yeah oh, we yeah. don't really use animal oh, yeah, no, this or something. This, this is definitely a to-each-their-own uh, mm-hmm. yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah. I would say most of them, uh, but that's probably more how I play, which is probably a problem because it means I play my tank barbarian the same as I play my squishy wizard. Um, they're uh, they all have to be there so that in case it comes up, like you can roll for for that thing to be interacted with. But um, I don't do a whole lot of like surviving in the wild or like having to check nature or like. Um, arcana and like history seem to be inter- interchangeable sometimes. Um, mm. uh, there's there's a lot of uh, but the regardless of the type of character, I um, even when I'm like in heavy armor, I seem to roll stealth a lot. I tend to use a lot of sleight of hand, even if I'm not good at it. So part part of it's my problem, but I uh, there's there's definitely a, a number of of things that that I avoid putting stats in even if i'm supposed to be good in it because i know i won't ever try to use it i have okay i have the opposite problem where where no matter what i'm playing i am gonna try to rob somebody because like i'm never gonna get away with that in real life right and like it's just not gonna happen like it wasn't gonna so, happen when I was a kid. It wasn't gonna happen when I was a teenager. And I was like, I was way too much of a goody goody to try anything when I was a teenager. And like, I might try it now, but honestly, like, I'm not gonna get away with it. I, I was gonna say the problem healthy. is you just told us all. So well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't <laughs> have to tell you because I'm just not stealthy. Like, no, I mean, literally. If yeah, no, hide yeah. No. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't need to hide it because literally, it's not gonna happen. I can't run. Like, I, I, I I'm a, I'm a really, I have really bad asthma when, especially when I'm running. So like three steps with somebody's wallet, and I'm gonna be handing it back and asking them to call nine one one. So, um, when the zombie apocalypse comes, uh, I'm just gonna go, uh, save whatever zombie child is on my lawn and go out that way, so at least I feel good about myself. Uh, I'm just not going anywhere. Um, but, when I'm playing a character, like, I don't care what the character is, I'm gonna try to pickpocket somebody, and I'm gonna fail. It doesn't matter how many points I put into anything, I, my sleight of hand checks are just... One, I'll get one really good one, like 119, and then the next one is just going to, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Because what's the point? Like, you're playing role-playing games. It's okay to fail. Like, Yeah. I, I, I want to address someone in chat real quick. Pliskin, who is my sister-in-law, who plays as uh, a thief in everything we do. She's agreeing with you. Uh, about, you know, like, playing a thief in the game. 
um, because she can't be one in real life, but <laughs> she is definitely one in real life. Um, there are several things in her house that she has stolen. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I, you can come give me some lessons. Yeah, if, if, if you would like to learn, I am sure she'd be happy to teach you. Yeah, don't you say wait. <laughs> That's been called out. The, the <laughs> Waffle House mugs, the boxwood tree, no, so many things. Taking. What are you talking about? Hey, I, I just need to tell you, I am the middle of, of three girls. I grew up with, with two sisters, right? One sister literally decorated her walls in road signs. She, like, pulled road signs that had fallen down during storms, and she yep. decorated her walls with them. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, want, to I don't want to know. <laughs> that was the story, and I'm sticking to it. The other one, like, before she moved to California, we cleaned out her bedroom, and uh, she lived in California for, like, eight years, and, like, before she moved, we cleaned out her bedroom, and we found cups from every, like, fast food, not fast food, but, like, Buffalo Wild Wings, Applebee's, like, I'm like, what are you doing with this stuff? Like, I mean... I, okay, the thrill, fine, but like, steal the silverware. Like, what are you gonna do with the cups? Like, what are you gonna but, do with the silverware? It's silverware. Use the cups. Well, yeah, we they do. My parents still use the cups. Actually. <laughs> but, but the point is, like, yeah, no, like, I mean, there, there is, there is just you know a beautiful tradition of just. Being able to pickpocket stuff, and I did not get that gene. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not watching. Honestly, honestly, be thankful because otherwise, you might have wound up like Pliskin, and then that's that's you never want to do that. You never want to go wow. full Pliskin. <laughs> Back to the the, the 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 question at hand. Which is? Before more people out themselves as. Tricks a lot of thieves. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, most underused skill is not actually any of the skills, it's a rule. Uh, most, the most underused skill in the game is the fact that you can change the stat of a skill. In a check. Yep. For free. You just, yep. you just, as the DM, you can just be like, hey, yeah, nature is intelligence. No, it's not. Use your wisdom instead. Hey. Yeah. Like, the, the, that's ah. the thing that I never, never, never see uh, used in the majority of D&D games that I see. Um, there's a lot of people who will be like, Religion is intelligence, but all of the religious people, are, you know, they use wisdom. It's like, guess what? You don't have to. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, um, there's a rule in the in in the in the player's handbook in the dungeon master's guide where, if you're asking a player for a check, you can ask them for a different base stat, but using the same skill, and yeah. it is glorious. It's like, oh, intimidation? I'm not going to use charisma. I'm going to use strength. Strength. I think that comes from how much of character creation has become digital. Um, because mm -hmm. the, the, the stats are pre-figured in, and you're not 
Like when you're when you're working from like paper and pen, you have to in your head be like, I know this bonus goes to this thing for that thing. So when you like switch it, you can do the math in reverse and keep it going. But there's no button on your D and D Beyond character that lets you switch that for you. So if you're not yeah, used that's to, gonna be a factor. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not used to doing the math, redoing the math isn't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will you could just we'll add tell a you. dice? Yeah, with with D and D Beyond because it's never been easier. Um, you it it has what the the skill is so all you gotta do is change that number and then you're good sorry i love that's D&D awesome I'm, no, I'm not complaining i just in my head that was because whenever i go back to create a character for paper pencil i go oh i forgot that's how this all works oh it's a it's a factor it's it's absolutely a factor it's just a shame that no one yeah uh, obviously i'm kind of overly generalizing oh. to make a point but i i have it's a, uh... just I've had a DM that emphasized um, the what your character's trying to do is the base skill. So, like, if you're trying to be a strong intimidator, it makes sense that you're not being charismatic. It means that you're terrifying someone with your strength. Um, yeah. So that yeah, I know that's I agree. Yeah, it's it's a rule that people should use a lot more. Like one of my one of my it's favorite fun. roles from a game recently was um, a rogue trying to intimidate someone by basically saying, "Oh, you're going to try and steal from my party and run away. You can go ahead and do that, but just bear in mind I'm faster." And then ended up using intimidation dexterity. Yeah. To to just basically Ooh. show, like show that they were a lot faster and a lot more deft than their yeah, enemy was like and that. to intimidate them that way. Um, use it. It's good to roll. I, I, had go. a, <laughs> I, I had a friend who specifically used that rule. He wanted to use strength for everything. <laughs> and and at first we were like, okay, cool, yeah. It's like, like athletics, strength, okay, cool, yeah. Uh, intimidation, stuff like that. persuasion. He was like, I also want to use it for like investigation. I uh, okay. I will amend my previous statement <laughs> within reason. <laughs> Turn over this rock real hard. Yep. <laughs> he found a way for all of them. It was so Listen, great. if Batman can detect through punching things, so can you. <laughs> Hey, if you could justify it to me, yeah, fine. Okay, I, I, have a, I have a question, and I'll answer this, but I want to do it last. How would you use Arcana strength? What? If, How if, do you if, use Arcana with strength with as strength. the skill? Yeah, how would how would you play that out? Uh, when dealing with a magical barrier, you can go ahead and punch it to see how strong the spell actually is and how well it's constructed. Thereby, like thereby figuring out roughly how strong a spellcaster actually put the spell there and what the spell's level is. That was very just, tough from just Avatar. off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a much oh, yeah. smarter answer than mine, which is going to be: you think it's magic, but you're just hitting it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Someone in chat just said it sounds like Ray has done that before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I want to. Yeah. No, yeah. but you're going to now. <laughs> that broke my brain. So I'm going to borrow both of the previous answers as mine. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Julian. Hot damn, I, man. 
Yeah. I'm just, I I kind of like to fail, so I don't really want to change my skills. Okay. I like that. That's fair too. Mm-hmm. See, what what I was thinking, and my first thought when I thought of Arcana wasn't so much to check something, so much as to cast something. And my first thought was one of those cast wind punch. up, yeah. one of those wind up flashlights, <laughs> like, and then lightning or fireball. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I don't know. Fireball. I've played it's a, definitely fireball. I've it's, played an artificer a couple of times. Need to throw fireball with more strength. <laughs> I may have to make a magic item that is, in fact, a wind-up fireball caster. I really I like love that cast idea. Ranged fire fist, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I really love that. I need to write that down. I'm write it down joking. right now. Writing it on my whiteboard. <laughs> Put it on the whiteboard. While you do that, uh, we are getting close to running out of time. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to go back around um, in the opposite direction of when we started and uh, have everybody just remind us of who you are, where we can find you on social media, anything that you have going on that you want to share, podcasts, streams, fundraisers, anything like that. And um, Julian, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Stag, we're going to start with you this time. Uh, okay. Um, I am, uh... I don't know who I am anymore. Exactly. Who who am I? I changed your name Um, to Julian, so... Which character are you playing? (laughs) My name is David Hallman. I am the Fungin Master for, uh, uh, Good Better Quest. On Twitch, I more commonly go by Staghorn. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Stag underscore Horn. I am often, uh, on there during the week painting minis. Uh, or playing games, um, and and I always love interacting with chat. So come on by, get entertained, deal with my chicanery. End of list. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I am entertained. Thank you for coming on and hanging out. It's always a pleasure to have you. Um, I'm it's glad always that, a pleasure uh, to be here. I know. I'm glad that we uh, we reconnected recently and, and uh, you know, we were able to get you on tonight. So that was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Ray with a Y. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. It is I. Ray with a Y. Um, hi. How's it going? Uh, thanks for y'all tuning in and dealing with whatever this was. It was wonderful. Um, you can find me at Red Mage Ray on Twitter. I kind of only use Twitter because social media fries my brain. Um, and I'm not even really good at Twitter. So, you know, whatever. Um, you'll usually find me um, either on screen or behind the scenes at Friends Who Roll Dice. Uh, cool TTRPG group that I co-founded with a bunch of awesome people. We raise a whole bunch of money for charity um, and spotlight cool people. That's basically what we do. Um, We have a couple of games. Um, We have a paid casting for uh, Once More Into the Void, which closes tomorrow. So, uh, hey, if you want to be involved in that, get your application in. Um, And we also have a couple of charity pride games on the way. Three off the top of my head. Um, Check the Friends of World Ice Twitter because my memory is awful. Um, And you can find me GMing there every Monday um, with The Mind of the Martyr, which is uh, a... D&D game that takes place in uh, a fantasy world that I've 
collaborately created with a whole bunch of awesome people. And uh, it's good fun if you like Gaslamp Fantasy. So Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Ray, for, for coming and hanging out. It was a pleasure to see you again. Um, Julian, now we're actually going to go to you. Yeah, for real this time. For real. I am me. I am Julian. Uh, I... You can find me on Twitter at ESHeroCast, I think, is what it says. That's what it says. I've changed it like four times in the last month. Um, I am the host of my podcast, Everyday Superhero Cast. It is a nerdy wellness and lifestyle podcast where I combine my mix of talking to nerds with things that inspire me and helping people uh, with uh, exercise and mental health issues. Um, it's a weird mix, but I swear it works. Um I will be going live tomorrow night, I think at 9 p.m. Eastern, with Tom DeSellis, who runs You Had to Be There, uh, another podcast. Um, and we're going to chat for a couple hours, and it will eventually be snipped together with the full podcast episode, probably out Friday. Uh, and in July, I will be at Kineticon uh, 2022 from the 15th to the 17th. I will be hosting a panel on the Friday titled... Building Positive Habits Through Pop Culture References, or something like that. Uh, and um, bringing Mission Quest, my exercise DTRPG, uh, to the gaming hall for people to try and play for the first time ever. Awesome. That sounds like Good a blast. Luck. Yeah. I hope, it, I hope it goes well. You'll have to keep us posted on that panel and how well it goes. <laughs> I, um, I'm, if I can, I'm going to see if it's going to be recorded and it will be on the podcast the next episode fantastic yeah. very cool all right uh ray with an i <laughs> i am uh i am ray with an i uh <laughs> can't, can't get past that um uh at dreamy ray on twitter and on instagram because that's about as far as i've gotten into the social media world and i think that's about as far as i'm gonna stay so Please don't expect a whole lot of posting because that would re require me to remember that I have it. Um, but uh, you will find me on Discord causing a lot of trouble. And uh, you will also find me in a couple of weeks on full round action gaming on Twitch uh, on Monday nights doing Shadowrun, uh, which should be really fun because, you know, if you think it's fun to see me on the spot, answering questions wait till you see me play a role-playing game i've never played before <laughs> and uh uh and uh also hopefully eventually putting out a 2e podcast but i don't know when that's gonna happen but look forward to that because it it will happen just don't know when and uh thank you guys so much thank you everyone so much for this conversation and for listening and for you know just being awesome Thank you. It's uh, it's great to see you again, and I'm glad things are going so well, and you're staying super busy, so I'm excited to see all the stuff you have coming up. That's super awesome. Super busy. Awesome. Robbie. Luna. Tell us what you are up to these days. <laughs> um, let's see. I did some yard work today. Oh, that was good. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed some sunshine. Also good. It was very, it was very sunny here, too, so. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be like 97 this week, so I'm going to enjoy that not. Um, <laughs> all jokes aside, never jokes aside with me. Yeah, I do not agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I'm Robbie Weiss. Uh, 
first of all, Luna, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure as it was the first time and as always. And it was a ton of fun talking to you folks, especially, uh, I mean to say especially that's not where i want to go with that uh all of you i haven't met all of you before stag it's always nice to see you too <laughs> um but uh i uh i am showrunner was showrunner for the dungeon initiative podcast you can find um you can find that on twitter at podcast podcast underscore tdi um even though we're not really recording anything, we would still love to hear, you know, what you think of the show and whatever. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Weiss underscore Robbie with a Y and not an IE. And that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and you can find me doing voice acting things, cosplay things, trying to get on other people's streams and stuff and playing for charity if i can and just enjoying the, the the community awesome well thank you so much for uh for making time in between yard work and enjoying the sunshine to a come, lot of it to be done so <laughs> to come and uh and talk nerdy with us and uh it's it's great to see you again it's been a while since we've gotten to it has out. been too long we need to just like play something yes one of these days. yeah we do. I, I am mm -hmm. down with this plan. Um, I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We are here just about every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time talking uh, all things TTRPG with uh, assorted guests every week. Um, let's see. Coming up tomorrow night, you can actually catch me over on the Insight Check channel. We are going to be doing an Oops All Wizards one shot. Um Yep, that's going to be fun. I'm definitely, Ray, you will, Ray, Ray with an I, you will appreciate this. I am definitely not playing a necromancer that is loosely based on cult. Um, <laughs> and uh, her name is definitely not Culta. <laughs> so, uh, so. Super excited to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that will be fun. And, um, Coming up in July, the weekend of July 8th through the 10th, that is a Friday through Sunday, we will be doing our second annual Extra Life Charity Stream Weekend Extravaganza. Starting Friday night, we will have a 5e campaign one-shot kicking off the weekend. There will be three games on Saturday, uh, also right here on this channel. Two, I think, nope, we have an Esper Genesis, we have a 5e, and then one that is still TBA. And then on Sunday, we will have uh, uh, Ty Burris, the creator of Aether and Steamworks, will be running an Aether and Steamworks game that afternoon, and we will cap off the weekend with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. So please come check that out at some point if your schedule allows. We are hoping to raise $1,000 for um, Extra Life. Um, that would be super awesome. Um, David Tilstra is going to be there. Uh, let's see, Lord Richter is going to be there. Uh, let's see who else is going to be there. We got a lot of people that are going to be there. Uh, Star Shinobi's DMing a game. Matt Dungeon Glitch is DMing a game. So definitely come and check that all out. Um, I'm really excited for it. So, uh, yeah, we will see you soon. Um, we are going to go kick off a raid to, um, let's see, who are we going to go say hi to tonight? Mm, I think... We will, uh, we will pay a visit to, eh, you know what? Let's go back and see Turtles and Chill again tonight. 
I like them. Every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> turtles and Chill are, are my, are my pals. Uh, if you are not familiar with Turtles and Chill, they are a 24-hour turtle and fish tank stream. And uh, uh, I'm also part of their team, which I love. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've got to go uh, Got to go check that out. So um, we, will, uh, we will go over there. And I hope you all have a great week. And we will catch you all next Sunday night. Take care. I should go. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash GamerMomLuna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much. I should go.